Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 10, titled Dragra Cadabra. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one magical co-host. Aww. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I feel like a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> the Taylor... The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. Um, I would... Usually we say, like, oh, we have a lot to get to, but... Uh, Let's get, there's really not, apart from the rigor Morris against Sugar Kane, is there really much to talk about in this episode? This was a very average episode. I mean, this I will very... probably go on four magic related rants. Yes, no, I, I just figure at some point I'm going to be able to actually get up and go get a, a, a drink and then come back. Yeah, come and be like, the way they handled that sub trunk illusion. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. The Did multiple- you see the turn of the wrist? The tur- the way he tur- held when Ugh. he turned. The- that's that is why that worked as well as it did. Yeah, it, it's going to be your version of the way I feel during the looks. <laughs> well, either way, Taylor, let's get right to it. Okay. All right. This week, the girls work with the pit crew to get some balls into sacks, and for the maxi challenge, they break up into teams and put on a real-life magic show. Team Nina surprises the judges with their amazing act, while Team Vanjie struggles to bring their magic fantasy to life. In the end, Nina was named the winner of the challenge, while Vanjie and Sugar were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo was told, Shantae, you stay, while Sugar Kane was asked... To sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Okay, so one of the things that I really liked about the episode was of the two magic shows, the the Mighty Tux, I thought was very enjoyable to watch. Uh, it was apparently it was about six minutes. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. I watched both the shows again today in between uh, visits with clients. And I will say it was very, the big difference between the two was the amount of polish and the detail that went into it. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate something that is highly detailed and that it felt like something that you would pay to go see. Like Mm -hmm. it felt like where it was almost like a showcase of where they were said to come out, do like a, do like a five, 10 minute set. And then we'll have people now, not like, you know, exorbitant amount of money to go see it. But it's something like if you were to go to Vegas, it would be in a Vegas, one of the smaller shows that you could go do that. So I enjoyed that. The other thing that I really liked, which is something that we haven't necessarily seen this season, is it felt like during the runways in particular, the runways and parts of the judgment judge panel, judges panel, they were having fun. Okay. Watching particularly where at one point, like the laughing and the joking where they kept kind of showing them laughing, particularly Michelle and Rue kind of laughing and looking at one another was fun to watch that. Cause there are lots of times where the jokes are corny. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that they were, they were giggled with each other was, was enjoyable to watch. And mm-hmm. adding on to that Ross's commentary about the importance of caftans and his community and his religion and stuff mm-hmm. was very, very cute. He seemed to be very much enjoying the runway um, on a couple of different levels. So the thing I did not like, and this, mm, this may be controversial just from everything that I have seen online about this. Mm -hmm. I did not like Vanjie's lip sync at all. No, it was, it was not, it was not up to the caliber that I would have expected 
it was just it was very disappointing. I know we'll get into that later, mm-hmm. but you know it. it I, I really kind of watched both a second time after seeing all of the things that people were saying online about it, thinking, well, maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of feel like I didn't, you know, it was sort of a toss up, but it wasn't this where she blew sugar out of the water. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. For sure. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, You know, that was the thing is just to comment on everything you said, the magic show, and we'll talk more about this later. I you know on re you know I have two ways of watching the show. When I first watched the show, I'm furiously taking notes. I'm watching it, but I'm also taking notes and I'm processing it in that way. And I don't get to really watch it until the next day when they release it on iTunes, and that's when I give it a really good, you know, watching where I get to actually watch it and analyze it, mm-hmm. and actually have, knowing what's happening, I get to l- know what I'm looking out for. And on the magic show, I didn't appreciate it the first time as much as I did the second time, where I was thinking when I watched it, if I went to the magic castle and this was one of the shows in the stage show, the big stage show they have, I think I'd be very amused and very happy by it. I think the audience was really like, I, I actually do think, even you though mean they the were, Mighty Tux or the, both the, of them? The, no, no, the Mighty Tux, not the other one, not yeah. awful. The Mighty Tux, if they were at the magic castle as an act, I think audiences would be very amused. Yeah. And I think they would very much like that show. Uh, I thought it was even the caliber of people who perform at the Magic Castle. The tricks weren't mine. They were just basic tricks that you get in the children's party set. But um, but they were very well done. And it, you could tell how much presentation is a part of Magic. And I think they were performed very, very well. Yes. Uh, in terms of the runway, what you were saying with the judges playing with each other, I did laugh out loud, which I rarely do, when RuPaul said, what did I say about me? Yeah. (laughs) Which was really, really funny, and I did laugh legitimately. I wonder why RuPaul the monster, the Glamazon, is so much funnier than RuPaul the boy. I don't get that. I've never understood that. It's so weird. Maybe because RuPaul the boy is... I don't know. It's sort of like they talk about when drag... When performers put on the drag, their real them comes out. Mm -hmm. Or the them, the free them. Mm-hmm. comes out whereas there is an awkwardness to her maybe when she's not when she's rupaul charles yeah. that she she doesn't it doesn't fit yeah and then based on what you said earlier vanji's lip sync yeah we'll get more into this later but to me it was a toss-up they kept they were trying to sell us why they did sugar dirty you know so they were trying yeah. to sell it by with the commentary and stuff like that and they're like oh my god she's taking out her bracelets okay Every yeah, I didn't. I, the the whole thing. Yeah, let's yeah. let's let's save that for when it comes time to that in the show because I have lots of thoughts about. I have lots of thoughts about that lip sync on both parts on both on not only on sugars but also on banshees. All right, very good. But I don't uh, want to blow our load too early. After Plastique's elimination, everyone is surprised that Plastique has actually left the competition. Vanjie feels like she hasn't done fighting, but she's confused by the judges' critiques of her and is trying to figure out what is exactly it is they want to see from her. Everyone congratulates Akuri on her win and teases Silky for her roach realness. Brooke is proud to be back on top, but Nina is a little pressed that Brooke is taking all of the credit. The girls start to take note of who is in the lead in terms of wins as the competition starts to heat up and get closer to the finish line. Taylor, your thoughts on this cold open at the top of the show? I didn't, don't really have a lot of thoughts about yeah. that. The only thing that really it, it felt, it's starting to feel like... 
in the beginning of not only this season, but also in previous seasons where now the, the new, the new thing is they all come in, then they immediately, they have them all sit on the red couch and kind of talk for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it felt more organic where now it's starting to feel more forced yeah. and it's starting to feel more producer directed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't pay as much attention to that any anymore. It also kind of puts me in a weird place of, I know that they're doing that to kind of remind you what happened before. And they're also trying to set up the storylines for this week's episode. But, you know, when we've, especially when we've seen things like the fights, when we talked about the Silky Evie fight, where we Mm -hmm. talked about that at, we did a whole episode on that and a couple of the other fights. You want to kind of go into it slightly more fresh, fresh than this. And it sort of pulls, it sort of picks its scabs that are almost done healing Mm -hmm. from the previous week. Yeah. I want, I want new, I want fresh. I want new storylines. I want extensions of storylines, not a reminder of what happened before. We Mm -hmm. just got the previously on, on drag race recap. Mm -hmm. I don't need, I don't need that again. It's essentially a basically extended previously on is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, yeah, because especially like Brooke and Nina wasn't really a storyline on this episode, but they were going back to it where Brooke was taking all the credit, uh, for how rad she did. And Nina was kind of like bummed about that. So we're going back to that. Well, and I almost feel like the only reason they brought that back up again was because of the one moment when they were learning their magic tricks. And it felt like that way. It didn't. It, if anything, they they did Nina a favor, I think, so that it didn't look like when Brooke was struggling. You know, I think I was worried during that moment that Nina was going to say, "Well, then you take the bottle one, and I'll." In a, in a previous oh. life, it, I think she might have done that, but at this point, it kind of set it up that you know, bitch. Then I guess you're not going to do it because I'm not. I'm not. I'm done giving up. Being being the being this the savior. Bitch, I'm not. You, I'm not going to help you out. You have a magician here. Who I'm. I have a lot to say about Brooke and her tricks and stuff like that. There was. She should have been actually in the bottom. For I'll tell you why in a second. All right, okay. let's move on. Then the next day, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. It's a game called Balls to the Wall. A Delta work makes her. Um, appearance along with an expanded pit crew each girl will work with a pit crew member in a series of awkward positions to get balls of varying sizes into a container without using their hands everyone laughs and kikis as they struggle to get their balls in the container but in the end vanessa vangie mateo was named the winner of the challenge taylor your thoughts on this mini challenge and see we get one of these every season now where we get all of the pit crew coming in into the little underwear Mm -hmm. and in years past it's been andrew christian and I feel like there's been another company. I don't know that I would want to buy underwear that had the word dirt squirrel on it. Oh, That's no. just as a very, that, that just smells like, a stinky bush to me that yeah. that's just in my head. When I see that, that's what goes through my head. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was silly. It was short, which I appreciated mm-hmm. um, this, this crop of pit crew. And I feel like I can say this because I am the apex of male beauty and masculinity. Is was not my favorite. Oh, I loved it. I was a big no, fan of a lot of them. No, there was there was the, there was the Asian guy from from All Stars three. He was there, yeah. so I was excited to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson, I think is his name. Is that that's yeah? I was going to say his name is Wilson. Um, there was like one or two other ones, but and then I, the one thing I thought was really weird was at one point Sean Morales as they were leaving. When he turns, yes, like yes. he had like a pooch belly. Yes, yes, I noticed that. I was like, oh my god, Sean Morales is getting like a like a, a tubby body. 
He's like dad bod. Yeah. I saw yeah. that too. God. Yeah. Which, I, and and uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to fat shame. I'm mm-hmm. not, trust me. If y- Y'all don't want to see my dirt squirrel. So yeah. I get that. But I just thought considering when you, it, it kind of was almost like not cool to especially hit that angle of him walking because mm-hmm. when he first came in with everybody, you looking straight on, you didn't necessarily see that. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm also just distracted by the longstanding rumors that he's challenged cleanliness wise. So oh, I just, I yeah. see, I see him and I smell armpit. So I don't even think it's a rumor. I think it's confirmed. I think he's open. No, it is. Room. I know it's confirmed, but it's still, it's just something that that's the, yeah, not much to say about the mini challenge. I think they do a smart job and make the mini challenges specifically geared for the people at a gay bar to hoot and holler and have a good old time. And uh, and, and so I think that's what it's it's uh, it's there for. And it was fine. It was amusing to yeah. watch. And it was short. And it wasn't much of anything. All right. For this week's Maxi Challenge, the girls will be starring in their very own magic show. As the winner of the mini challenge, Vanjie was given the opportunity to select the teammates. The editors wanted us to feel something about Vanjie not selecting Brooke, but no one seemed too bothered by it. The teams broke down as follows. Here we go. Uh, In Team Vanjie, we have Vanjie, Silky, Akira, and Evie. In the other team, we have Nina West, Sugarcane, and Brooke Lynn Heights. Um, then later during the table visits, when I'm sorry, in the workroom, team Brooke tries to figure out what their storyline is. And Brooke is worried that her team is taking too long to make decisions. Meanwhile, on team Vanjie, Silky thinks Vanjie did the other team dirty by putting all the girls with no personality on the other team. Later, RuPaul entered the workroom to talk to each of the teams. While talking to team Brooke, RuPaul asks Brooke why Vanjie didn't put her on her team. Brooke comes clean about their relationship and RuPaul teases Brooke. RuPaul also talks about the magical aspects of drag. Over on Team Vanjie, RuPaul tells Vanjie RuPaul was surprised that Vanjie didn't put Brooke on Team Vanjie. Vanjie tells RuPaul that the competition is more important than a relationship. Vanjie also confesses that she's a little scared after last week's competition, and RuPaul tells Vanjie... The solution is to plan in advance. Taylor the Latte Boy, any thoughts on this entire workroom Maxi Challenge segment? I think that part of the issue is RuPaul when she is RuPaul Charles. Mm-hmm. RuPaul is the biz- RuPaul Charles is the businessman. Yeah. Okay. And RuPaul went in there thinking she was going to try to stir shit between Brooke and Vanjie. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that Brooke and Vanjie both didn't take the bait uh-huh. that they both seemed very much of the, we get this as a competition, you know, as was been talked about. And I think it was even talked about last week on, on our show, Brooke didn't pick Vanjie last week. So it doesn't, it makes sense that Vanjie wouldn't necessarily put pick Brooke this week. Mm-hmm. I know even with the power of editing, where Vanjie kept kind of, they kept showing Brooke while Vanjie was picking the teams, like this mm-hmm. is going to create a problem. Yeah. You know, I feel like there was something early on in the season with Plastique where they kept showing Plastique waiting to be picked for a certain team and then she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were shows, there were shades of that. But the fact that neither one of them took the bait as far as when she was trying to stir up that drama, I think shows some maturity on both their parts. You know, I was going to say this when you were talking last time, when you were talking about it's getting like, 
not as dramatic uh, as we get closer to the end. It reminds me of, and I think a lot of the seasons are like this, but to show you, because uh, people criticize this cast for being a, a sort of more boring or weaker cast. But if you take one of the strongest casts in the history of the show, which is season six, I've often said that season six is an incredible, incredible season. You know, you, uh-huh. can, you can have a very serious argument about season five versus season six. Uh, I think the differences between them, not just to engage in this, is season five has a sort of slower start and then gets better as it gets closer to the end. I feel season yeah. six, and this is making my point, has just a fucking bang out beginning and is a hit every single episode until Laganja leaves. And when you have those five girls left, there's not really much. They try and play up this Ben and Darian right. rivalry. But if you remember, Taylor... They don't really, there's not really much to the episode once Laganja leaves. You know, the season yeah. just sort of just floats to the end. And uh, I think it's the same thing. You see, we're going to have a boring season or a more boring cast, so to speak. Uh-huh. And now we've gotten rid of a lot of the ones who caused most of the drama. And uh, now they're going to glide right to the end. I wouldn't even say so much. Well, I, let me rephrase that. I would agree with you. It's not even so much that they're boring. I think they are more savvy yeah. than even season six people were. And an example that we know of kind of at this point, and I don't know what's happening for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. but this was a prime opportunity, not only in this, but also in Untucked, for it to be part two with Evie and Silky going yes. at each other. And I feel like after the big fight two episodes ago, they're both playing it close to the vest of where at the very least Silky, this is something where I, I am kind of impressed with Silky on this, that even though she was rolling her eyes at one point and untucked, but she is an engage. She's engaging as little as possible with Evie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that kind of shows that Silky, at least in this regards is a queen of her word mm-hmm. where if she said, you know, I was going to try to talk to you. Obviously, we're not going to be friends. We don't need to. We don't need to communicate. You know, unless it's absolutely necessary. And she seems to be doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked last week that during the reading challenge, they never actually showed Evie and Silky reading one another. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm starting to wonder if that's just a you stay over there, I stay over here. Because while that can make for good TV mm-hmm. short term, people tend to remember shit like that. Mm-hmm. And people tend to remember some of those fights and they're both realizing at this point, okay, this is something that's going to follow me for months after this airs. Mm-hmm. So rather than say something that could potentially hurt Vanjie's feelings or hurt Brooke's feelings, getting back to the discussion that we were having of, about this particular episode, I'm wondering if that is just sort of a, they both realize we, we get what you're doing, Rue, and we're mm-hmm. not going to take the bait. Yeah, you're probably I feel like right. I went all over the place. No, no, but... no, 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 you did. No, you're right. I think they, they knew what they were doing. And, and and what's funny is even they try and make it seem with editing that the girls are pissed that they Brooke or Vanjie didn't pick each other. I kind of feel this is something that in, you know, in the afterglow of fucking they've talked about, you know? Yeah. Because, and, we'll, and this will come up later. Oh, no, it can come up now, actually. Oh, you know, I have all these notes that I took, and I think this is where it came up now, is, um, you know... Vanjie says, and to, to show you that this is a very conscious decision on their part that they're aware of, Vanjie says, I'm doing basically what's best for me in the competition. But the reality is, Brooke is consistently doing well. Mm-hmm. Vanjie is consistently not doing so well. 
Actually, if Vanjie were thinking about herself for the competition, regardless of her relationship with Brooke, she would put herself on Brooke's team. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think this is something where they consciously said, we are not going to do this because... Uh, Unless... Yes? She knows if I put myself... If they're going to compare me to Brooke mm-hmm. on this team, that might actually... She might have fallen to the sugar place... If she knew she was going to be on a team with Brooke and Nina, then she would have been the sugar in that particular group. And then that could have got her in trouble as well. I mean, we'll get into this later in the conspiracy theories. I think there was nothing Vanjie could do. I mean, I'm sorry. There was nothing Sugar could do. Sugar could have fucking made herself vanish on stage in a puff of Mm -hmm. smoke. And they would be like, why did you leave your teammates hanging high and dry? They they would have. uh, Sugar Cane was going home. Yeah. Was going home, no matter what she did. Um, you know, I forgot that I took notes on the episode when I watched it. So do you mind if I really quickly go through some of the comments I had? No, the, uh, please, feel free. Well, but this episode, you taught me witchcraft today. If you want to take a couple seconds for your notes, that's totally fine. Well, no, but also this episode doesn't really have much, so we're good on time here. Um, first of all, in the top of the show, why do the girls still have all their masks? Kyria and, and uh, Brooke keep their masks on. Why? No. That's the part where Maybe they... Maybe you just kind of forget it's on. I don't know. And then I was felt so sorry for this Delta work. You know, she just sort of confirmed on Twitter today that uh, RuPaul's moved on to a new hairstylist. Really? So, oh, yeah. You Are you not aware of this? No. Oh, yeah. This has been a thing that people have known for a while. And she confirmed it on, on um, not GoDaddy, Hey Queen. <laughs> okay. By the way, coming soon... A parody of Hey Queen with me and Lori Rock. I'm, I'm going to be Johnny McGovern. And Lori's going to be Lady Red Couture called Gay Queen. Look for that on YouTube <laughs> soon. I'm not even joking. We're already working on that. Um, well, okay. So was so she was not doing hair at this point? No, she did hair at this point, but she wasn't taken to England. And on okay. Twitter, Delta said to uh, Jiggly via social media, maybe Twitter or Instagram, that RuPaul has chosen a new hairstylist. Um, also, did RuPaul- she win an Emmy for RuPaul's well, hair? Girl, Look at hey, look at the Hey Queen interview. This is all comes up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next, during the the ball and sack challenge, uh, RuPaul made some fucking corny joke. I don't remember what it was. And sugar. Then they show a shot of Sugarcane and her person. I think it's Jason J. Carter uh, doing the bit, and they drop the ball and they laugh, but they cut it like they were la- that they dropped the ball because they were laughing so hard at RuPaul's joke. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's so funny. The head, the editor trying to help RuPaul's corny dad jokes with that. Um, yeah, that's been something that I've noticed, especially with where when when they watch the video of her oh, yeah. and when she says things of where they're all <laughs> they all throw their heads yeah, back, yeah, and just everything she says is so hysterical. Oh, they're doing and, that snap with their fingers where they like yes, that it just is. Oh, Come, you oh, scared queens! Yeah, we know you're standing right behind that door, looking at us. <laughs> you know, like the right. door just cracked ajar, staring at us, making sure we laugh. Yeah. Well, it's uh, sort of similar to where you saw last season where every time they did the, ooh, she better, she already done that, where Aquaria would act completely, like, terrified, like, ah! Like, oh, but she was so scared. cute when she did that. Oh, I, oh, no. I just, I, oh, I love this Aquaria. She's so hot. All right. Next, uh, and I, I kind of emphasize this in the script, Rue tells the girls, uh, Team Vanjie, that uh, they should plan in advance. She basically told them, don't improv. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, she told them. She straight up told them. And I think Vanjie knew that. Um, but Vanjie's just not good at that shit. They should, they should have just let... I don't know. You can tell that there was some 
You can tell Akira was feeling some type of way, and there was some sort of drama we weren't privy to about this. Like the fight didn't end there on the yeah. on the at the couch. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on. Later, the girls work with magician Kyle Marlette to develop their magic act. Team Vanjie does okay, but their act is too dirty. Meanwhile, Team Brooke surprises Team Vanjie by performing better than expected. This seems to fly for Brooke, who gets in her head. This seems to fly. What? Oh, I see. I get it. That it, it, Brooke doesn't realize that the other kids are scared. Who gets in her head and second guesses her magic act. Finally, Silky falls asleep. Back in the workroom, Team Vanjie is worried because they're realizing that they're not as strong as they thought they would be. There's also disagreement among the team members. Akari and Silky want to improv the act, while Vanjie and Evie want to write a script. It's elimination day, and the girls are getting ready for the magic show. Team Brooke feels better after some extensive practice. Meanwhile, Akaria is not a good not in a good mood because she's worried about her team. Silkin confesses that they basically had to change their entire show because it was too dirty. Next, Silky asks the girls that if magic was real, what would they change in the world? Brooke gives a pageant answer and Vanjie changes the question to what they would change in the competition. Sugar says she would have burned her troll outfit and Vanjie says she wouldn't have packed 46 swimsuits. A lot to dig in there, but not a lot to say. Taylor, your thoughts on... Um, this uh this, this whole, whole segment, segment. the magic yeah. rehearsal back in the workroom the elimination day i feel like if they were going to do this whole thing of where they were going to completely change their show mm-hmm. you know they rehearsed it all night and from what i understand standards and practices came in and said you can't do this we can't we can't air this on television yeah um i feel like and i know that they try not to have things where the producers get involved that kind of stuff but they pretty much talked about it on the show i want to see that I want to see where they come in and say, look, the show's too dirty. You guys have to, and then have them all working on it because it didn't make a lot of sense for, they showed a bunch of these things, everybody kind of having a good time. And then the next morning, Akira comes in pissed off and not in a right head. And it was the sort of exposition that they had to explain without really explaining. And it, it, I, I, if, again, if we're going to do these 90 minute shows, show me shit like that. That's yeah. the type of drama that I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the magician was okay. He, I mean, I would have rather seen resident magician Joe Batanz up there. I'm already cracking my knuckles going like, Oh, just wait. This is the part where Joe Batanz <laughs> is like, Taylor, do you have a, do you have your taxes to do or anything like that? Get ready. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it's, I like the idea of this. I mean, I know they've done other things in the past that have, they've done roasts and roasts seem to be very hit or miss. So this was something that I thought was a great idea for something a little different and keeping them on their toes. It wasn't, it wasn't the usual skit. It wasn't something that we've seen before. So in that regards, I like that. And I like that it wasn't, you know, Alyssa coming out or Taj. It was somebody new coming out and teaching them something new to do. Mm-hmm. And I also like that they didn't show us how they how they did the magic tricks. A couple of them I feel like I figured out, but you know, it wasn't quite so well now you're going to do this and you're going to put, you know, we everybody's going to look at this hand but secretly you're going to have it over the, they didn't do that. So I was glad to see that as well. It made the magic show that much more enjoyable. All right, you know it's so funny. I'm glad you said it because it reminded me of something. I got a, a a slurry, a slew. Sorry, not a slurry, a slew of emails this morning in my inbox that were like, "Joe, please tell us how the magic tricks were done." First of all, let me just say I don't know why this is. I cannot tell you why this is because if Taylor told me, "Joe, don't tell anybody," 
I peed myself on the way to work, work today. I would be like, oh, I would never tell anybody. And then I would immediately tell everybody, right? <laughs> it would be on the air. Look, I published, ta- I published Lori having a fight with her aunt about forks. On the, you know, like, I'm joined as always by a urine-soaked co-host <laughs> from his Kia Soul 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Please say hi to the crying tail yeah. of the latte boy. Yeah, it's exactly what it would be. And then, but for some reason, there's this weird ethos in me where I will not reveal how a magic trick works. It's just been ingrained in me since I was a kid as a magician. And, and I'll be honest with you. And and I'm being really, really, really honest. And I know magicians say this all the time, and you go, no, it's not true, blah, 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 blah. You really don't want to know. It's so the, – the, the solution is always 100% so boring, except for mentalism. I'll say this. On mind-reading tricks, I uh-huh. would say often the solution is more interesting than the trick. Mentalism tricks are often boring, but they but the solution is so fucking clever, right? But on magic tricks like this – the solution is so stupid and so boring that if you knew, you'd be like, oh, you'd be disappointed. You'd be sad. Okay. But mm-hmm. that's what I'm also, and there's actually, believe it or not, real consequences. As a member of the Magic Castle, and this is why I'll be very careful what I'll say here, is I can't disparage another magician or the Magic Castle or ma- magic, and I can't reveal secrets. If I do, I'm not even being funny. I could literally be brought up on ethics charges and kicked out of the organization. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So I have to be very, very careful about what I say. I mean, I will talk a little bit of smack that I can, you know, as long as I'm not like, oh, he's, you know, like a horrible magician who should never work again. I'm fine. But, you know, like I'll say this. Doing the dab that he did was corny. You know, yeah. that's just like, just don't. If you're over, it's almost like that floss dance. Like if you're over like <laughs> 12, don't do that dance and don't dab, you know? Yeah. Well, is da- dabbing was from like a couple of years ago too. I mean, yeah, it's also not... old. It doesn't age. It was like if you went on and said YOLO. Anyway, here's what I'll say. I have Unironically. Compl- yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have complicated feelings about uh, Kyle. Uh, what is his name? Kyle Marnett, I think his name is. Let me see here. I have it right here. Yeah, Carl Ma- Kyle Marlette. So here's the sad reality of the world of magic. Most magicians look and act like Carl- Kyle Marlette. Okay. That said, there are a there is a faction of actually like cool, gay, straight, twinky, hot, not twinky and hot magicians that are cool, right? That they yeah. could have brought in there, right? I don't know why they didn't try and find. I think they were they were accurately depicting the world of magic, but <laughs> that said, they uh, also uh, they they could have done better. Two, like you said, why didn't they have Neil Patrick Harris come in? That would have made total sense. It would have made 100% sense. Or, you know, is he trying to shy away from that aspect of his career? No, no. He openly, no. No, or why not? That's Michael Carbonaro. He's hot. So, (laughs) believe it or not, not a lot of gay magicians. It's mostly a lot of uh, incels. Uh, What was that noise? That I my pill case, <laughs> I accidentally hit it. My my because I'm a nana. Apparently, I have my pills in a in a in a and case packed with pills. By the way, it's not. It is not. It is not. I have a couple. The Sunday and Monday are packed with pills, but the other that's I have diabetes and urethra issues. I can't help it. Urethra Hera. Hmm. Um. I'm the elephant queen. 
<laughs> exactly. So anyway, so let's talk about the match. So then, so Kyle Marlant Lucky, I wasn't. I was like, all right, look, this is actually what magicians are really like. So all right, <laughs> okay. But let's actually talk about the tricks. Um, very basic tricks that you would see like in a kids' magic set or an advanced kids' magic set or what you would teach in a basic magic class. I think actually good choice for this guy. I will say that the tricks this guy cho- chose to have the girls do are something that you could teach someone to do in a, in a, in a short amount of time. So I will. Uh, give this credit. isn't somebody that you're familiar with. You've no, never I've never heard, heard of this of guy him. before. I okay. got the I got the impression he was like a Las Vegas consultant or something like that. So okay, okay. so that's okay. So we have that. Next is um. I want to talk about Brooke's tricks. So he was teaching Brooke two tricks in the rehearsal. We only saw one, but I saw her carrying the other one. And I, I love, I'm such a magician, I can just go, oh, there's that trick. You know, it's just from what she's carrying. And one of them is called, a, it has different names, helicopter card, UFO card. In fact, if you go to Las Vegas and you walk through like New York, New York, there's always people selling the helicopter trick. It's like $20 or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's it, because it's so simple and it's very impressive to see in person where the car's spinning and flying around you. Yeah. So I'm not going to give the secret away, but this is why I was kind of disappointed that Brooke was so overwhelmed. It's not terribly difficult. And I would say the skill set involved in that trick involves maybe like the same skills you would have for dancing and choreography. So I was sort of surprised that Brooke was intimidated by that trick. It's not particularly difficult and is a lot of like movement and dancing. And even when she was doing it, she kind of bumped into the guy. But when she was doing it around him, she seemed fine. So I don't know why Uh that trick intimidated her. And then also she was carrying a trick. I don't know what it's called. But what the trick is, she was carrying it. It basically looked like a big domino on a a cardboard. Okay. And... That trick is all these dots uh, vanishing and, and, and appearing on different sides. So, like, you flip the card over and there's four dots. And you flip it over again, then there's two. You flip it over again, there's ten. You flip it again, there's no dots. You keep flipping the card over and they keep vanishing and reappearing. Okay. okay. That one, again, is very choreography-based. Okay? And okay. so I would think those would be two things. The, the one with the card on the hand, Taylor super easy it's just all choreography and doing things in a choreographed way and if you do it's very impressive to see it's amazing visually it was actually a very good choice to have the girls do it just took memorizing a set of moves and i don't know why she was intimidated because and we'll talk about when we talk about the magic show the trick she landed up doing was lame yeah yeah watching it the second time it felt very underwhelming Mm mm-hmm that particular that particular trick yeah but both of those tricks were tricks she could have totally done and totally pulled off specifically her do i think a courier could have pulled them off could have pulled them off no i think she i think specifically brooklyn heights could have pulled off those tricks look i'm gonna tell you something go ahead do you think that maybe i mean what you're saying makes total sense that real really magic in general i would think is really kind of a choreography in that learning how to do certain moves and and sleight of hand and and that kind of thing but there is a heightened level to the movements and stuff that not only are you moving your body in a certain way, but you're also trying to convince people to see something that they, they're not actually seeing. Do you think that maybe that's where she got st- messed up in her head as far as, cause it's, it was a different level of, cause Brooke is a beautiful dancer. She's a great, she's, she's, she's great in movement and stuff, but there is an, there is a, there's a cerebral level to what she's doing in this, then maybe she doesn't have to do with dance, not to take away from 
her ability to dance and saying the dance isn't cerebral, mm-hmm. but it's it's more about the fluid of the movements versus the, the overthink. You know, if you ever watch somebody try to overthink a dance that mm-hmm. they've been taught, we've seen it on this show a million times. They have difficulty doing it. And is this where maybe that was what played into? I I, I would say that as a magician, what I would say is close. I would say what it is is what is sort of crazy as a magician when you do especially tricks like those. Um, is you know what the secret is. And I think, especially if you're a person that gets in your head, to you, it is so obvious what the solution is. And so you can't believe these people are falling for it. And so you have to get past the idea that, yes, you know how the trick works and you've seen it a hundred times because you've been practicing it. But to these people, they're completely floored and shocked. And yeah. That um, and that maybe maybe Brooke couldn't get past that. That even though it was choreographed, knowing the secret to the tricks, she was like, "There's, there's, they're gonna catch me on this." And so the trick she landed up doing was literally like you could teach a four year old how to do it in one second. So like, um, maybe it was to her because it wasn't as obvious, you know. Well, I, I I see what you're saying from a standpoint of a. a- therapist there are times that i i am very comfortable working in certain fields Mm -hmm. and there are times that i know on some level if i practiced on other like a higher level of clinical work with a client i could do it but it's also kind of scary to to try something where you're kind of moving outside of your box Mm -hmm. um and there have been times that i have a client has come to me with an issue and I've sort of been like, well, why wouldn't you just do a, I, I talk to me why you wouldn't do it. And they look at me like, I never thought of that. And I'm like, yeah. that's the, that's the answer is right in front of you. I don't understand what the problem is. Well, yeah, I think so, it's very similar. I think it's, it what might be closer to, is a person who comes to you and let's say has like uh social anxiety and they're like, uh, uh, if I go to the gym, I feel everyone is staring at me, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm so fat. And you, it's to you. It's obvious. Like no, everyone's focused on themselves, you know. Yeah. But to them, the, the in their reality, everyone is staring at them. It's the same thing here, where she probably thinks everyone is staring at me because this trick is so obvious, and they can see what the mechanism is behind this. And the reality is, no one can see it, but she, she yeah. doesn't realize that. The opposite of the emperor has no clothes. All right, Taylor, this week uh, we introduced a new Patreon exclusive podcast called The Tea. This Tea, Taylor, is already a huge hit. People are loving That's awesome. it. On that show, myself, Shannon Gettins, and Lori Roggenkamp attempt to give our take on The View. The response has been tremendous. And if you stuck around after the f- most recent first response, you heard a small sample of the show. Now, by the way, also, you guys missed, for the first 20 minutes, I did a magic trick that you could do at home. So if you're not a Patreon supporter, you did not get that magic trick that you could do at home. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. <laughs> now, by the way, you guys are used to me saying, you know going on and on about how awesome Patreon is. and uh, But why would you trust me? I'm the one who's pushing it, right? It's my mm-hmm. thing. So what I did, Taylor, I got a real-life Patreon supporter named Jesse to share his thoughts on the premiere of The Tea as well as the value of the Patreon subscription. Here, take a listen. Yeah, so I was in the shower this morning because... Let me pause. Hey, Jesse, what did you think of The Tea? You know, I have to listen to the episode as soon as it comes into my 
feed and just just losing my just losing my shit like laughing and wheezing in the shower over forks uh and listening to Lori and her aunt scream at each other uh and it was the most uncomfortable uh uncomfortable and hilarious thing uh ever and so went to work and had to sit on this all day and as soon as i got home had to pull my husband out to uh uh to listen to the podcast so we could get that you know first 20 minutes in um just just hilarious and what were his thoughts you know, I, he laughs. He laughs at everything, uh, everything on on all of the shows. Uh, but you know, the same thing. Just just wheezing and not being able to, uh, you know, not not being able to believe the ridiculous situations that Lori gets in and how much it gets you off, Joe, <laughs> to laugh to oh laugh at yeah. at and with, but mostly at Lori. Jesse, let me ask you this question. You know, it's three dollars a month for all you can eat. Would you say it's worth it? Oh, absolutely. I'm looking for a five, seven, nine dollar level uh, because the content that you get, it's it's every day. There's something new. And in fact, I've had to put several audiobooks uh, to the side because every day I get a new podcast. So I can't get into the, you know, the the uh, the, the books that I want to read. Um, but it's worth it. Absolutely. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and join at the $3 level uh, to enjoy all this and more. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. Do we have a picture of Joel? His name's Jesse. Oh, do we have a picture of Jesse? (laughs) I don't have a picture of him. Why do you have a picture of him? I don't know, but he has has quite the sexy voice. Well, you have a husband and he has a husband. Maybe is it cheating if you guys both have husbands? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, We'll talk about it during the break. We'll be back right after this. All right, we're back. Taylor, it's time for the magic show, and Team Brooke performs as the Mighty Tucks. Nina makes quite an appearance and does the multiplying bottles routine. Sugar makes silks appear. Brooke produces a solid bubble out of thin air, and the girls perform one of Houdini's most famous illusions, the sub-trunk. Next, Team Vanjie performed as the Black Magic. Silky made her big appearance. Akira disappeared, I think? Evie performed the appearing bra, Silky performed the disappearing milk, Vanjie performed the disappearing ketchup bottle, and Akira performed the disappearing balloon for their finale. Vanjie was levitated. The judges did not seem impressed by the black magic. Taylor, your thoughts on the magic show? Uh, it, it really it comes down to polish on mm-hmm. for me on this. I thought that the the show with the Mighty Tucks was much more, as I said at the top of the show, much more polished, much more where you, there was a, there was a story that went along with them that made sense where they kind of described who they were. They said, you know, five years ago, we were three girls with a dream, that kind of thing. Um, There was enough reading between the three of them. That was kind of funny. Uh, I thought all three looked beautiful and, the jokes succeeded and and maybe were a little weak on varying levels, but I was entertained from the second they started until the till they were done. Um, the black magic was just sloppy. Everything about it just seemed very sloppy and unprepared. And I, even like the 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 storyline behind it, where they go to barbecues and they do these at barbecues, but. It, it just it just was kind of very not what you were expecting mm-hmm. um not what you hoped for let me say that because it was very clear when they did the whole thing of where we're team personality we got this in the bag and then the other team was trying to come up with their concept it was you knew that was going to switch at some point that's a classic reality show trope mm-hmm. um a couple of the jokes 
not the jokes, a couple of the tricks where it was very clear how they did the tricks. Um, Give me an example because there might be Vanjie fucked something up. Vanjie's, it was clear how Vanjie's, and I'm not going to ask you and you're not going to confirm or deny. Do it the the way that we do spoilers. Like, I know everything's going to happen. You know, we even, let me tell you just how advanced we are in the rumor mill now. And by advanced, I mean we read Reddit. We've been, in the past few weeks, we know the song they're going to lip sync to. Like, that's how detailed we've gotten, right? So, wow. And so I keep the poker face, right? Okay. So go ahead. I'll keep the poker face. But I'm curious because my criticism of Vanjie has to do with, that's a, what she did is a classic bit uh, that she did there. That she did not do well, but she did a classic bit. So, um, But I'm curious as to what, tell me what you thought uh, they gave away. Well, I think that it was a situation in which the the bottle, the ketchup bottle, it was, she didn't pull the ketchup bottle all the way out, okay? And I have a feeling that when she pulled the ketchup bottle all the way out, she didn't pull it all the way out. She moved it over into the bag because it was a collapsible spring springy ketchup bottle, okay? Because it just kind of looked like it looked it didn't look like a real bottle so the the mustard bottle was underneath when she turned the bag over she had but which she did this really poorly she had where both bottles or both plastic containers she was holding both of them in her hand to make it look like nothing was going to fall out of the bag after she took the mustard out and handed the mustard to i think it was akiria then she had where she had the bag when she when she crushed the bag in her hand the the ketchup bottle collapsed it was on a spring and the ketchup bottle collapsed, so that way you're able to do that without it looking like, um, like the ba- the bottle disappeared. Okay. So I, I just thought it was button. very, it, the way she was holding it, it was clear there was something in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. When she was holding it upside down, that's a perfect example to talk about. Okay, so this, this is actually to show you how much she really failed this trick. So I'm going to tell you a few things. She could have taken the entire ketchup bottle out. Okay. Let me just tell you mm-hmm. that right now. Two, I will tell you it's not a spring. Three, this is where she really fucked up. So the joke of what she was doing is part of the joke of the bit. So she didn't do it right. Okay, so I'm going to actually – I have a soda can here. Hold, please. Okay. And – One thing that I can say while I'll vamp for time while you're looking for something is that when they were coming saying all of their names, the fact that she referred to herself as Vanishing Vanjie, I thought was not a good long-term thought on her part just because that could have come back to bite her. The Vanishing Vanjie is the one that went home this week. Oh, yeah. Good point. Now, I don't have a bag. I don't, I don't, for why, if I, in fact, I'd be creeped out if I did have a paper bag here. But the point <laughs> of the joke is so just imagine there's a paper bag. You, you can do that here. So imagine if I had a paper bag and I said, Taylor the Latte Boy, I'm mm-hmm. going to put this ba- can in this bag, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make the can disappear. And then you'd be like, that's the, that's sort of so. In other words, if you're doing the trick in real life, let's say I just did a real short version, mm-hmm. I'd be like, ta-da! Like clearly holding it, like it, and then everyone goes like, oh, right. And then the joke would be that then you crush the bag and throw it over your head, and they're like, oh my god! Like in other words, you did you basically faked them out. What she was doing was the fake out of the trick, and but she wasn't selling it as a fake out. 
Does that make sense? She didn't sell that part. That's the that's that's the the sort of gag of the trick that you. That's usually typically when you see that trick done. Like it's time for the vanishing ketchup bottle, you know. And I put the ketchup bottle in this bag. Look, it disappears. As I turn it upside down, it doesn't fall out. And you're like, uh, and then the guy crushes the bag and throws it over here. And you're like, what? How did that happen? And but she just didn't sell it. That that's so. It was a, a dumb move on her part. Any other trick we want? Let's see here. Okay, I did notice when I was writing these notes that all of Team Brooke, Nina, and Sugar. Uh, what were they called again? The Mighty Tucks. Mm-hmm. All of their trick or most of their tricks had to do with appearing. While Team uh, the Black Magic, a lot of their tricks had to do their tricks had to do with disappearing. And by the way. It's harder to make things disappear than up here because when, if you think about it, you're disarmed. When you see someone walking out, you're not expecting them to make something appear, and so it's easier to appear something because you don't have to. the 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 dirty work is people aren't expecting it. Yeah. But when you make something disappear, now you're dirty, and they're looking for where that thing went, and so that's harder to pull off. So I will say, Team the Black Magic had a lot of things more difficult. They're not very difficult tricks, but they were more difficult than when they had. Um, Sugar making the silks appear is essentially a self-working trick. Um, her joke wasn't that bad. They cut it to make it seem like it was worse than it was. But I think I think the joke got some laughs. Um, the appearance of Nina West was pretty good. The multiplying bottles routine very similar to the the the. It's all choreography. In fact, they made it easier for her. The the real thing is very impressive as the bottles appear. They gave her yeah. a much easier version to do, like a, a sort of handicapped version to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sub trunk illusion, very smart trick to have them do. That was the thing at the end, the finale, where uh, um, Brooke stood on top of the trunk and then was replaced by uh, Suga. That was. Uh, no, reverse that. Oh, sorry, Suga said okay. And then that was a good. That was a good trick to do. Um, and the silky made her appearance. They didn't sell Akira disappearing a lot of times. So what the, anyone who was watching the the tri- they did not the, the point was in the presentation of the pattern. They didn't sell this right. The point was supposed to be that Akira vanished and Silky appeared. Which, by right. the way, if you watch again, you can see Akira running off the stage. FYI, yeah, <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> but often when that happens in a magic show. The surprise is supposed to be that the the person's in the audience or somewhere else. So what a magician will do is have a whistle. So they're uh-huh. like, oh, my God, where's Akira? And then Akira would blow in a whistle, and the audience would look, and there she'd be somewhere else. Like, ta-da! But first of all, they didn't sound that she was gone, you know? Yeah. And I think the audience didn't react. They're like, they're like, oh, was there another person here? Like, it was so poorly done. That was not done well. Whoever choreographed that. Um, the appearing broad trick they did not present that one correctly. That's not how I would have done that trick. And they have look the what what trick when Evie did the appearing bra. Oh, I didn't understand that. Okay, because yeah. here's what's weird. Evie did the version that a 13 year old kid would do because a 13 year old kid only has himself or herself. Uh huh. She had three other assistants with her. This is a perfect trick for her to do with one of the other girls, right? And so what she would do, what you do is you tie these two scarves together, and then you put the knot. What I she did it on herself. What she should have done was been the sort of ringleader. Put the bra, the, the knot. Cause I think it was supposed to be for a curia. Put the knot in a curia's bra, uh-huh. and then have silky on one end and um. Vanjie on the other, holding each scarf, and then said, on the count of three, pull on the knot. One, two, and then when they pulled, there's a bra in between the scarves. 
sort of the gag. Okay. It's supposed to be the vanishing knot. You're telling it as the vanishing knot. When you pull, there's a bra in between the two scarves tied. Okay. That's how they should have done it. I don't know why. It's much more awkward and, and, and cumbersome to do it on yourself. That was really, really weird, yet is a very funny gag, especially in a drag show. For if they had all they had, she had the perfect number of people to do this trick. It was so, so, so bizarre. Um, per, Silky performed the disappearing milk. You know, to be honest with you, they gave Silk they, they gave Silky a gimme. That's a, an impressive one. That's not very difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about the disappearing ketchup bottle, and Akira performed the disappearing balloon, which she did well. I'll give Akira that she did her balloon trick well. And then finally, Vanjie was levitated, basically a self working trick. When I one of the years that we went to um, camp, when I did a when I used to do the bereavement camps for mm-hmm. hospice, we would do the ones for kids, but then we would also do ones for families that had lost a parent or something yeah. like that. And the one time we decided that we were going to have a magician come in and do a magic show for uh, this family, and this reminded me of this. Mm-hmm. And one of the acts that he did, one of the one of the illusions that he did was to make one of the kids levitate between two um two chairs two mm-hmm. folding chairs yeah so and i remember distinctly he pulled like this like four-year-old up to yeah. do it and then put the sheet over her and started playing the music i every time i hear this music now i think of it the music from the lion king where the it's the first of this score that's mm-hmm. on the soundtrack so it's i think it's when like the sun is coming up mm-hmm. not the circle of light but the next thing and this kid started to get freaked out and started to like jump up off of the chairs and the guy was like no 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 stay where you are but unfortunately in doing that the curt the uh drape fell so everybody could see how how the how the trick worked so unfortunately I kind of I I know this isn't the same as that it's one. It's very very close. It's very very close. In fact, I was going to yeah. say again, they could have been a good. Maybe they were told they couldn't use volunteers. There, that kind of trick. They're, they're related. The person uh, being levitated doesn't know anything's happened. In fact, sometimes what you'll see is that they have the person close their eyes, and then the person doesn't know they were levitated. They, they take a picture, and then they yeah. give it to them afterwards. Like what? You know, so that so they, they well, and he had her clothes right. So, I mean, all of a sudden, there's this creepy guy standing over putting a sheet over while the Lion King music's playing. Yeah, you can understand where a four year old might be a little freaked out by that. Yeah, I wouldn't have put a four year old there. Yeah, uh, so yeah, they should have they maybe they should have chosen a volunteer from the audience, but uh, that would have been cool too. But the Vanjie thing wasn't bad. Uh, okay, Taylor, any other thoughts on the magic show? I just the the black magic was just messy. Just oh, compared to compared to the other show, it was just not. It was not fun to watch. It was it was uncomfortable to watch. It was Van, Vanjie like suddenly lost her neck, like whatever she was wearing, like it just made her neck disappear. So she had her shoulders all hunched That's up. That's a constant and, thing with Vanjie and her looks, and she constantly yeah. loses her neck. Yeah, it's something that she does that, that makes it happen. All right, Taylor. Well, speaking of magic and going on and on and on, it's time for your favorite part of the show. It's time for the looks. All, All right. right. Very good. So this week, the theme was caftan realness. Sure was. Before we get started on this, I want to talk about Rue's look. Okay. I thought Rue looked beautiful this week. I loved the chevron. What'd you call her? <laughs> and I, I love when Rue does a different color hair. So this auburny red was we, but when she came out, both my husband and I both went, ooh, like she looked really, really pretty. I think she would have looked great in a caftan. I, I would love to see it when she kind of matches up with what the girls are wearing. But mm-hmm. 
definitely I give this look a really I I'm not giving this look a number, but I give this look a toot. All right, very good. So, do you want to go by in the order that they came out, or yeah, the order they came out? Let's do the order. I have it here if you want. All right, yeah, let's do that. So, I know that Silky was the first one out. She came out kind of in a peachy orangey caftan with a dress on underneath, and her hair was a series of balls, kind Mm -hmm. of going up in the air. Yeah, I thought Silky looked great. I thought it was a very polished look for Silky. I think she was a little too relying too much on that hair because uh, because the look itself was basic, but it was a pretty basic. So I'm going to give this look a six. All right. Very good. I gave it a seven. Uh, I okay. actually like that. That was actually probably one of the best looks Silky has had this season. I think well, I would ob- agree. Well, obviously, a caftan will hide a lot of a things. myriad of sins. Yeah, it will hide myriad sins, that caftan. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? You tell me. You said you. Have oh yeah. The order oh oh, oh okay. Oh good. I thought you had the order too. It's Evie Oddly, isn't it? Evie Oddly. Evie came out. Oh, Evie came out in that yellow sort of looking very um, Harry Krishna kind of Buddhist monk type thing. Um, I loved that it was conceptual. It wasn't just a plain old caftan. Mm-hmm. Even though that does work for another queen later on down the line. Um, I loved that the the use of the fact that it was full of holes. And that she had where she had the glitter with the crown. She did the, she did the uh, triple jointed kind of hands in prayer to, behind her on the way out. Uh, I'm going to give this look a nine. I thought this was a really strong look for her and something very interesting. An interesting spin on the, uh, the category. I gave this look an eight. Um, I liked it very much. It didn't make... Well, you know what? I'm going to switch it out. It did make my top three. Never mind. Um, it's in my top three for sure. Uh, I loved it. I thought the colors popped. I thought it looked great. I was a fan. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Akira Chanel Davenport. Kyria came out in a pantsuit that she tried to play off as a captain with big butterfly wings. Um, it was okay. I mean, it definitely wasn't a captain. It was not. Mm-hmm. That was said multiple times during the judges panel. Um, but even as a look with the wings, it was not, it, it felt very early eighties, Olivia Newton, John video. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean that as a positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm going to give this look a, she looked pretty though. I thought her hair and her, and her makeup were great. So I'm going to give this a four. I gave it a four too. Cause to me it was an average look and then take away a point for not meeting the challenge. Yeah. 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 All right. Very good. Next, we have Vanessa Vanji Mateo. Vanessa came out in a cheetah print caftan and matching uh, head rag uh, with multiple jewelry. And she had a large, thick nose ring in uh, and with a chain going up to her ear. I thought Vanji looked good with the caftan. The ring, the nose ring was distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh so in that regards, I, I'm going to take points away for that. But I thought she looked she looked pretty good. Uh, five. All right. She was kind of middle of the road for me. Oh, really? I liked the look. I, I knocked it down right now. I had an eight, but I gave it, knocked it down to a seven. Uh, I liked it, actually. I thought it was probably one of, because it wasn't a pantsuit or a swimsuit or bodysuit. I was really the big fan of this look, and I gave her a seven. I really liked it. I guess part of my problem is the fact that it was low cut. It was so low cut, mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything underneath. It was just boy chest. She loves showing off that tattooed boy chest. 
Loves it. Which is funny, though, because I noticed that she had it covered up with glitter. She wears that stupid, like, gold glitter on her chest. And she did that during the Black Magic show. And it covered up the tattoo. So I'm wondering if when she wears that, that's her way of covering up. She just covers it up with, like, a fistful of glitter. Hmm, I don't know. Next, we have Brooklyn Heights. Fistful of Glitter is also the name of my sex tape. Available on Patreon for at the $40 <laughs> level. Um, Brooklyn Heights came out. She said she wanted to be a combination of Wonder Woman. And uh, she said Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City 2. Which I thought was not... That's not a good sell there. Yeah, I know. That a third character as well. But I don't remember who it was. I know. that Studio 54. Studio 54, yeah. Um, very pretty. Uh, the co- com- color combination of the eggplant or the plum, as it were, and the gold was very, very pretty. I don't know that I feel like this is a caftan, though. It just kind of felt like something very flowy, Mm -hmm. very Grecian to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was not a crazy fan of the platinum white hair. It kind of made her face washed out. Mm -hmm. So, especially because she was definitely wearing like purple mascara and stuff, and it wasn't, there wasn't enough juxtaposition for that. So I was originally going to give this an eight, but I just talked myself out of it, and I'm going to give it a seven. I gave it an eight. I liked it. In fact, it was my top two of the week. Okay. Yeah. All big right. fan. All right. Next, we have Sugar Cane. Sugar Cane. Sugar Cane came out in three looks. A reveal on a reveal on a reveal. Uh, the mm-hmm. first one was a uh, sort of a Russian-inspired, like, fur-lined uh at the sleeves and at the at the cuffs and at the um collar and then she took that off to reveal something very 70s kind of house dress sort of fruit on a with a blue background and then she took that off to reveal like a beach cover up mm-hmm. um i didn't like any of the three uh and even her hair felt her hair looked very synthetic yeah. it didn't feel very natural it kind of looked it wasn't shake and go but it wasn't it wasn't a strong look for her um and the actual the original caftan itself just looked very heavy to me and when the when the girls wear heavy stuff it makes them i feel like it makes them move a little more awkwardly than they normally would mm-hmm. and it just took away from the entire illusion so i'm gonna as much as i love sugar this look it gets a it gets a three for me oh really i gave it a six yeah. actually pretty much like them across the board i thought i like that she even though they weren't caftans she sort of kept the same theme if you will of like sort of cover-ups uh along all three looks that she presented so yeah uh, i was i was a fan uh and finally we have nina west taylor your thoughts on nina west nina west came out in the traditional (laughs) 70s caftan i love the fact that they they referenced mrs roper Uh you know because when i hear caftan realness i'm expecting seven mrs ropers to come out so on the one hand i like the fact that they there were different silhouettes that kind of played with the idea of caftan some more successfully than others but i thought she looked great i loved the pink and silver um i liked the hair her uh, forehead line where the forehead met the wig the the change in color of the makeup was a little too harsh for me because it almost gave a look of like a dirty headband at certain points especially on untucked but i love me nina west nina, nina nina is my favorite this season i love everything about her so i was glad to see that she got the um appreciation that she did this episode so i'm gonna give this look it's is it one of my all time favorite looks of the series? No, but because Nina is Nina, 
And because she did this so well, I'm going to give this look a 10. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A 10. I gave it an 8. I liked it a lot. It wasn't a 10 for me, but it was an 8. A 10, an 8. Wow. I, I'm assuming this is your top two of the week. This Well, this is my only 10 that I gave. Yeah. So. Wow. Very good. Now, for those of you who are younger and listening, uh, Mrs. Roper was a character on a sitcom called Three's Company. Yes, Sorry. I was. I was actually going to bring this up and say, do we have people who have no idea? Who oh, was, when she I made would the say Regal Beagle comment. Yeah, she made the Regal Beagle comment, which was the local watering hole where they would all meet up at the, on Three's Company. It was about two women who lived this is in the seventies. They lived with a guy played by John Ritter who pretended to be gay so that he could live with them. Because at the time, you know, they, the the landlord, the Ropers, wouldn't allow. A, um, a straight man to live with two women, but because he was gay, they would let him live with them. And, and now, if you're in the chat room, if you've heard of uh, Three's Company, throw some love there. Let's see who's heard of it. Because we have 100 people listening right now. 101. Actually, I'd be more curious as to who has never heard of Three's Company. Okay. Put, if you, put one if you've heard of it, two if you've never heard of it. So one, heard of it. Two, never heard of it. Well, you guys, And we will not make fun of you if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, we won't make fun. The show is very old and hard to find on reruns and hasn't aged well. No, um, it does not age well. It has not aged well at all. But Mrs. Roper was this landlady and she wore these caftans everywhere. And um, and so, she was sex starved for her husband yeah, who wanted she, nothing to do with her. Yeah, Norman Fell played, Audrey Lindley played Mrs. Roper. And yes. uh, Norman Fell. Norman Fell used to do this thing I thought was so funny as a kid where he'd break the fourth wall. Yes. Whenever like he would have a comeback for his wife. You know, mm-hmm. he'd have some sort of sassy comeback, and then he would look at the camera and be like, like, look at it, and like, <laughs> like, yeah, I got her. I fucking got this bitch. Uh, so, well, Bag of Chips is he's British. It's actually based on a British TV show. I was going to say, I thought it was based on on a, on a old British show first. Oh, I didn't know. Cindy Clausen tells is widely available on YouTube, full episodes. Um... Okay, very, very good. Let's. Uh, mo- any other thoughts on the looks, there, Taylor? No, that that's. I think I said everything I had to say about the looks. All right, very good. Well, that was the looks. All Woo-hoo. right, on the main stage, Team Vanjie got some pretty harsh critiques, and Evie sold out her teammates. Meanwhile, Team Nina. Oh, it's praise except for Sugar for some reason. After the judges' deliberation, RuPaul called the girls back from the workroom. Nina West was named the winner of the challenge, while Vanjie and Sugar were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo was told, Shantae, you stay, while Sugar Kane was asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy named Final Thought name. Give me your final thoughts on the episode. Well, let's talk about the lip-sync. Okay. I think the lip-sync is really kind of the last important thing to talk about because untucked at one point, once Evie started talking during judge's deliberation, I got a text message from Joe going, Oh, I'm definitely listening to watching untucked yeah. today, figuring it was going to be a huge blob. And it felt like they almost took the same 45 seconds of video mm-hmm. and just played it over. And Oh yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you did. that's pretty much all that was. Yeah. But I think the lip sync I've seen lots of praise for Vanjie on this, that she was kind of in her feelings. And that's mm-hmm. really sort of what the video was about. All I got with that was boy in a dress lip syncing. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't get, get Yeah. I d- and part of it is because of the fact, and speaking back to the other, um, the other, what we were talking about the looks was she kept exposing her chest. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that when they've done that in the past, when they did that with Plastique, I feel like they did they did that with um, with Valentina during All Stars. They blurred it out. This time they didn't blur it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because she didn't do contouring to make it look like she had something else. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. But her pose, she was kind of lip syncing, particularly in the beginning, like a prize fighter where she was kind of bouncing on her feet and doing things that didn't feel necessarily very feminine to me. Mm-hmm. Now I get that she's in this robe and she's got the she's got the the wig on and the, and and the, the the head scarf and all of that, but it just something about it just felt very hard. Mm-hmm. And I also get we're doing a Mary J. Blige song, and Mary J. Blige isn't necessarily known for being very delicate and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know. And even Evie made made a reference of saying she's Mary J. Everything during yeah. this. But when you compared it to Sugar, when they would show Sugar, that where she was very much of the where she was feeling things, but feeling things in a more feminine way, mm-hmm. I thought that Sugar was doing a better job of portraying the song. However, she was in this heavy, oversized caftan type thing that I think limited her what she could do. And there were times that when she would kind of throw her hands up, you could see the striped bathing suit underneath. So there was this weird disconnect between the two. And I think that might be part of why, other than the theories that you have as far as, you know, it was Sugar's time was up, that kind of thing. Um, that was why they went with Vanjie instead instead of Sugar. Mm-hmm. Sugar didn't make it clear enough, a la Valentina and Nina, to justify keeping her and getting rid of Vanjie. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why they got rid of that's why they got rid of Sugar. But I, as far as, was this earned? No, I think this was something where Vanjie's time is coming to a close. I feel like. Let me rephrase that. Vanjie's the love that Vanjie is getting this season from the viewers, I feel like is starting to wane a little bit. This is starting to feel very Roxy Andrews All Stars 2 to me, mm-hmm. of where all of us out there watching this are looking at Vanjie going, We love you. You got your redemption. You know, you, you, you got to stay longer than you did last season when you were going after one time. Mm-hmm. Why are you still here? If you're not doing something different, why are you still on the show? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I see what you're saying. She's overstaying her welcome. Interesting. Yes. Um, yeah. Look, you could make an argument backwards and forwards or front to back, or I don't, don't know what I'm saying anymore, but you could, there could be an argument made about who should have won the lip sync. The problem is that Sugar never should have been in the bottom two. That makes oh, I I agree with that a hundred percent too. That's I'm just saying with the ones that we had Mm -hmm. in front of us. That's that's why I'm saying what I said. Yeah, yeah, I I think they should have gone by teams. Yeah, and they could they they because they could have gone by teams and sent the other three back for the beginning of Untucked. The problem is is that it would have been Akaria versus Vanjie, and I don't think they want either of those girls to go home. I think they I think Sugar had a mark on her back. She's had it for a few episodes. They finally saw an opportunity and they took it. And there was, unless Vanjie fucked that lip sync up, Sugar was going home. There was, there, she was going to go home from the beginning. There was nothing. There was, and I, I know it probably hurts Sugar and she was mad and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is, there was nothing she could have done in that episode. I mean, because she did fun. I rewatched that magic show. She was great. She was she better. Was, she was fun. Yeah. 
that joke was better than they thought they said it was. They they did her dirty in the edit on the joke as if like it bombed. RuPaul, first of all, RuPaul loves shitty, shitty jokes like that. That is, I bet you RuPaul was yelping it up. That's why they had to do that. Look at that that part again where she sprinkles the powder on Evie's uh, uh, bussy. Her bussy. Yeah. Uh, bussy. On her bussy. She, you know RuPaul, the cut is so hard because people were laughing and they needed to get rid They needed to sell why Sugar went home. But the truth yeah. is that joke did fine. And the, the magic show was fantastic. Like I said, it's it's probably one of the strongest performances I've ever seen. But in other words, when these drag queens do these shows that, you know, like a roast or a comedy show or a magic show where that's not what they do for a living, it often is, you're right, that would never rise to the level of a professional comedian or magician. But like I said, as a comedy act, this is a show that could easily have done very well at the Magic Castle. You know? Yeah. It, if they did it tomorrow, it would sell out, and it would do very, very well. Um, it was it was polished. It was good. This could be a 20-minute opening act for a comedian in Vegas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it would be very, very funny and very, very good. Uh, and so Sugar did not have did not deserve to be there. It should have been probably in my guess. It could have been anyone in Vanjie. It could have been Evie in Vanjie, a Curia in Vanjie, uh, maybe not Silky because Silky's magic trick went off well and her look was good. But Evie and Akura, you could have made a case. Her, for what. Silky's a Silky's look on the runway yeah, was good. Silky's the look at the show, no, it was awful. You know, and that's something else that's interesting about the judges panel is this is we're starting to see Rue actually say stuff. It feels like in seasons past, mm-hmm. Rue never comments. She just leaves everything for Michelle or Ross to say. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised when she said that. I'm going to stop you right there. We're at the point now where you can't just you can't just you know we're splitting hairs at this mm-hmm. point, and I really kind of was impressed with Rue to actually stop and say something like that. By so, the way, going back to Sugar's uh, to Sugar's performance because they were talking about how she was vanished and stuff like that, the loudest laugh in I, I clocked this here on Team Sugar, um, on the what's it called? What was the name of the team Tuckahoe or what were they called again? <laughs> the Mighty Tucks. The Mighty Tucks. On the Mighty Tucks, the joke that got the loudest laugh, specifically for Michelle, was by Sugarcane. When she said that Nina was probably playing football or something. Yeah, football practice. Yeah. And that was the loudest laugh that that show got, and it was from Michelle, and it was a joke that Sugar made. By Sugar, the way, yeah. speaking of which, how did Michelle Visage age 20 years between two episodes? Yeah. She looked horrible. She, horrible. she looked old. And that's not something I normally say about Michelle. She put the age in Visage. Anyway, uh, maybe she's like the witch on uh, Game of Thrones. Maybe. maybe she, she, forgot, she forgot her necklace. She forgot her amulet, yeah. Uh, what, by the way, once again, this is, now, this is the thing that Jay Ellis and I often text about, and I'm surprised I didn't get one from him. We are so amused when the outros into commercials are complete lies. Yeah, and so the outro going into the out the set in the commercial before the magic show showed Team Tuck. Wait, what are they called? Mm-hmm. The, the Mighty, Mighty Tucks. Tucks. It showed them bombing and saying these jokes, and everyone's like, "Ooh, that's really bad." Those jokes got laughs, lies. Yeah. Once again, they, when they introduced the judges, this Catherine Langford clearly puts on an American accent, but RuPaul talked about how she's Australian. I didn't see Michelle going. This isn't your real voice. <laughs> Still, I'm still pressed. I don't know that. who that girl is. She, I looked her up. She's on 13 Reasons Why, and I guess she's on other stuff, too. She was supposed no. to be in the Avengers, but I guess they edited her. Oh, out. yeah. That's, yes. Who was she in the her, Avengers? They never, they haven't said. It's an unnamed role, but there there was conspiracy theories that she was supposed to be 
somebody, hmm. somebody's wow. daughter who was wow. played by a much younger actress. Did you see it yet? Rarlett Rohanson? No. Oh. Uh, Okay. Um, Okay, we don't... Oh, we already talked about that. I'm I'm looking through my notes right here. Um, Did you see Raven in the audience? Oh, no, I didn't see that. She was in the audience? Yeah, Raven's in the audience, like, camping it up. It's... it's, it's, She's in the background. She's... She's uh, boy Raven, but she's she's sitting in the back at one point. Okay. Couple, uh, you see her twice, I think. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, she's boy raven. Oh, okay. I have to look for that. Um, because she's probably there to like touch up Rue's makeup, and then they're like, I have to stay there. Um, yeah. all right. Any other uh, comments, Taylor? Before we end this puppy? No, I think we're good. I think we've talked this yeah. out. I went all my notes. I did all my notes. Nina, sorry to see. Look, here's the deal. Nina, we- I mean not Nina. Sorry, Sugar Cane probably should have gone home with the troll outfit or earlier in the show. She was boring television. She was okay. She brought some pretty sweet looks the past few episodes, but mm-hmm. wasn't the strongest. Before, I'm not saying that like um, uh, she should have you know gone all the way. But in this episode, if you were judging that the episode by the competition, she should not have been in the t- in the bottom two. She should not have been I in the bottom two. That. And uh, it was Rigor Morris, and I'm calling it. But once again, this is RuPaul's universe, and we are just lucky to live in it. All right, well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B E T A N C E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at DragRaceRecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at HelloUglies.com and Catching Up at CatchingUpPodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production.